0: In the book of Judges, I first said Daniel. I, I don't have a lot of time today, so I'm going to just introduce something that I want you to come back for the other part later. In the book of Judges, chapter six, I want to do just a little bit of verse by verse expo. Just a little bit. So share with me if you will. Judges chapter 6. Now before I do that as a text, let me give you a subject that I want you to kind of work on because it may be a little bit difficult for you to swallow. I want to talk about Gideon and the man in the mirror. Gideon and the man in the mirror. Morley has written a book titled "A Man in the Mirror, and I have a copy of it on. Some of you may have read it. Uh, it's a tremendous book that helps men to identify with the task of being a man. Father, I'm asking you to give me a word other the people in this very special moment and help me to be clear in the presentation. In Jesus' name, amen. Gideon and the man in the mirror, I told you that we as men have decided to come together to devise ways and means of setting appropriate goals. Goals that are appropriate, predetermined, worthwhile. And those goals is what will make us successful as children or men of God. If it's a predetermined worthwhile goal. That, by definition, defines what success is. So success is the progressive realization of personal, predetermined, worthwhile goals. So the goal, if you set a goal, and if it's worthwhile, then you can vest all of your energy into achieving that goal because it's going to incorporate your ministry, your being, your purpose, and all that you are about. So you need a goal. The reason why many men fail to be what God has called them to be is because they have not set appropriate goals. They have um, become victims of the flesh. And any time you spend your energy pleasing the flesh, you're not going to get any reward. The Bible is very clear on this issue. If you pursue doing your thing so you can feel good, you got your reward when you get your feeling. That's all you get. The flesh will never thank you for all you do to pacify it. It'll make you a slave. And when you get through being a slave and you're worn out and you're broken down, and they'll just ask you, you got any more of that? never say thank you. So you have to know that when God made you and me, he had something in mind. Excuse me for the round the barn way I'm coming at this. He had something in mind. He had created a world. He had created a world. He had created the uh, elements of the world and uh, all that's in the earth. And he looked at it and said, it's good. And everything in earth was to produce after its kind. If it was a zebra, it's supposed to have zebras. Elephants are not going to have goats. They're going to have Elephants. So God created everything to produce after its kind. But when he looked at his creation, everything was represented except him. And so he wanted himself to be represented in this earth. And not only to be represented, but he wanted something or someone to control and run this earth. So that's our job. He gave man the task of being in charge of running the world. So if it's messed up, you can't blame the whale or the lion. You can't blame (laughs) even the weather because... God has created everything to represent itself, so he wanted someone to represent him and so in Genesis one twenty six here's what he said. He said, "Let us make man and let's make him like us let me let me just paraphrase it that way let's make him like us. let's make this man uh, in our image and in our likeness is that that makes sense to you. I want I want something in the earth that represents me, God, and so we represent the Almighty God. Now it's very fortunate, very good. He wanted also this man he made. He was <clears throat> y'all hang with me. I'm, I'm, I've got an idea where I'm going, <laughs> but he had this idea of making something that would really represent him. So he made a hunk of clay, dirt. Y'all know the story. Uh, Just formed it and fixed it up real good. And, uh, you know, I I, I imagine it was a perfect piece of dirt. And uh, then he stooped down and breathed into that hunk of clay, the breath of life, the breath of L-I-F-E. Now, think about it. The clay is just clay. It's dead clay. But when he put this in it, it became a living soul. It became a living soul. Come on with me now. Are you Are you still here? Okay, okay. So, it had... Been infused with God, and Adam got up and acted incredible. He began to name all of the stuff on the earth. He began to praise and worship God. He was God's real playmate here on the earth. God wanted to just come any time of day. He could come, and Adam would run out to meet him, and uh, and they would have this powwow on what's happening. And he was, and you can see God just just kind of being glad as Adam was telling him about his discoveries. You see, because in that state of existence, Adam had a kind of life that could have been going on even till today. Uh, he was a living soul. He was a living soul. That's, that's what God created when he made you and me. He was thinking of someone to represent him. And when God came and He would look at him, He was just as proud as He could be of that boy. And he, I'm here. I heard it resonate in His son when He said to Jesus about Jesus one day, uh, when He was standing on the banks. He said, "That's my boy." Now, now I paraphrase it, but He said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased." See, He, that's my boy. That's my boy. God, that's what God wants when he looks at you and me. If you want to be able to look at you as you walk down the street and tell the devil, that's my boy. <laughs> look at him how you go down. Look, look, that. that's mine. Amen? Amen. Proud of him. Proud of him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord loves you and he loves you so much and he made you different than anything on the earth. Now, I don't just get this in your craw. It's, there's never yet been a man who's ever been a monkey. And I don't care what Darwin says or anybody else says. Uh, they act like monkeys sometimes, but they've never been a monkey. See? Uh, so the, we, we are creatures that is to represent the Almighty God. Adam had it made, man. Adam had it made. He was in. He was totally inundated with God, and God in him, and him in God, and God in him, and him in God, and God in—they—they they were one. Amen. Oh, to be able to live on this earth and enjoy digging in the dirt and raising plants and doing other kind of stuff. God was just uh, Adam was just as happy as he could be, running around, there and he didn't—he wasn't worried about a wife. He and God was in so much, like he just wasn't in. He was not concerned about anything but honoring God. honoring God, honoring God. That's what He was concerned about. And so he was going about it. and Lord loved it so much, uh, He loved it so much. So at some point in history, and I, one of these days, I'm going to understand it better. I don't know how long Adam lived. On this earth, how much stuff he grew, how many days it took him to learn to name all the other stuff. I know that we've got a theory that said it was six days and all this other stuff and seven days. But I I think Adam had a longer period to be with God than we think. You see, I I think God and Adam lived together for a goodly long time. And then God saw everything else producing, the cow having calves and the (laughs) other, other species producing. And he looked at Adam and he said, you know what? It's not good for this fellow to be alone. So I'm going to make him a helpmeet. I'm going to make somebody to help him. And so, y'all believe me, I didn't intend to go this way. This is the way the Holy Spirit wants it done this morning. Okay. So I'm going to make him a helpmeet. And guess where God got the helpmeet from? <laughs> he went right back to the man he'd made. And to put him to sleep, so he would. And took out of his side a rib and made a woman. So God, I want you to know, the woman is not a side issue just because she come from the side. Uh, yeah, she, she's she, she she's highly she she's something else. Whenever God made her, and made her all pretty and cute, and brought her to Adam, he said, "Wow, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord." I, 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 like this. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to give her a name because she's born, bone of my bone, flesh of my. Now, how did he know that? Because he was asleep. You see, even though he was asleep, he knew what God was doing. Isn't that marvelous? That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get back to where we belong. You all hear me today? Since we've been, we've done our thing. Now we've just been doing. I'm getting ahead of myself. I realize that, but we've been doing our thing and doing our thing for so long, and now it hadn't worked. Why don't you now give God a chance? Try it His way now. Let's come back to God. Amen. Amen. God didn't give up on man. Even though Adam sinned and fell from grace and went down to be with his wife, depending on God to come and lift him up again, God didn't give up on man. He still believes in man. And that's why I say we need to learn to be what God created us to be. Be a man. If you, God made you a man, be a man. You are an awesome thing. Satan don't like you. The devil hates you. But be a man. Amen. Because our women need men. <laughs> I got a little little happy on that. Uh, uh, But let me just give you an idea of what happened. Adam disobeyed God and broke the relationship. And the living soul became a dead soul. So we were all born in sin, shapen in iniquity. We came up living in reverse, having temper tantrums, trying to do our own thing, trying to pacify the flesh. And I just want to remind you that if you're still trying to pacify the flesh, you are fighting a losing battle. You can't, you'll can't. you never win appeasing yourself. That's the only way you're going to have fulfillment in life and know what the joy of the Lord is, you're going to have to give up your sin, give up yourself, and begin to let God back where he belongs. God is asking you and me, let him come home back where he created. Adam evicted him, kicked him out, said, God, I want this space for myself. I'm going to reign on the throne. See, and he put God outside. Now, that was not cool. But that's what happened. And from that moment on, wars, even his own son killed the other brother. Everything crazy started happening. And God chose a group of people, chose a man, Abraham, said, I'm going to bless you, seed." And then he chose a people. He called them Hebrews, Israelites, and whatnot. He said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless the nation. Um, but the reason he chose them, that he would have a group of priests of people who would be people who stand between him and those who have not yet been lost. He's still planning to get back where he left, where he got kicked out of. So he's working to bring himself back to that point. And so when you've opened the, the chapter today to, um, Lord help me, uh, open this chapter today to Mark, uh, Judges, chapter 6. The first thing you see in verse 1 was what? The children of Israel did what? They, 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 They sinned. They did something wrong. You see, there's never been a time when God was pleased with sin. God has never, sin does not please God. Now, I know we're, that you have gotten to where now you think that you sin and I sin and they sin and everybody sin. You speak for yourself. Everybody is not sinning. You don't have to sin. You, you don't... Hello, I'm talk, let me say this to the fellows in the right side over here. You don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. Sin puts a barrier between you and God. Anytime you decide to sin... You put a barrier. That's the only, that's the biggest little word in the whole text of the Bible. The whole Bible, amen, has nothing more devastating in it than that little three word letter word sin. You see, and sin means I'm ignoring whatever God wants to do my thing. That's what sin is. Sin is arriving up to the stop sign. Seeing an eight sided red sign saying that with the white letters that say stop. And you say, I ain't. Stop in here and you drive through it and then the light shines on the backside and you get a ticket and yeah yeah okay uh, yeah. all right all right you can't even contest it because you didn't even stop. Some of y'all are still quiet and uh, I just want you to get it. Israel, God's people, he took them, brought them out of Egypt, took them across the Red Sea and then, and then even drowned their enemies. You you hear me? Took them out into the wilderness where there was nothing to eat and fed them with manna. Amen. Stuff that fell from heaven, stuff they had never seen, never heard. The the, the manna, the the title of it is called, What Is It? (laughs) And they they fed them with that. And you know what? They never had a pair of glasses or uh, or some false teeth. That, that's right. That, that, that manna took care of everything they needed. If they'd have just had manners with the manna. See. Uh, but they got out there and got to looking back at Egypt. God had delivered them and here they are here dissatisfied because I'm tired of manna. See, that's how, that's, see, we need, we need something like, called courage. Hello. Uh, you, you all didn't get it on that side. I, what did I say? We need something called courage. You got to have courage to live right. You got to have courage to tell the devil I'm not in your game anymore. You have to have courage to decide I quit you. Amen. I'm out of the situation and I'm going with the Almighty God. It takes courage to do that. Amen. You don't believe it? Ask Joshua. When God said to him, you got to take the children over. God said, okay, but you've got to remember you need some courage because you're going to run into some things that don't look good. But you've got to trust me. I'm going to teach you how to trust me and have courage and win the game. Amen. That's what we need. We need some courage. Look at your neighbor and say, get some courage. That's different from being a coward. Anybody can be a coward. Anybody can be a coward. So he said, the people of Israel, sin. And you know what God did? Quickly. God sent a marauding group of folk that came in like grasshoppers. There were so many of them, and every time poor little Israel would raise a pumpkin or a collard green, they'd come in and st- take it up. They had nothing. They took all the stuff Israel had. I mean, they were so devastated, they went and dug into the mountains and tried to hide in caves. I wish I had time to talk all about this, but y'all, I know y'all going to get through before I do, so I got to hurry up. That's right, Kenny. Yeah. yeah, and I just want you to understand this. When you sin against God, you're going to have to do some very unusual thing to try to make it. And it ain't going to work. Oh, Lord, I just prophesied. You go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try Now, Now, here's what happened. Gideon was hearing all of these stories. He heard all of this stuff about... How God saved the people out of Egypt. How God brought them across the Red Sea. And his daddy used to sit down and talk to him about it. And guess what? Now his daddy is worshiping idol gods. His daddy is the big shot of the place up there what they built uh, to worship the idol god in the country. His father is. His father is. And his this, this boy's name is Gideon. And here Gideon, with his scared self, is sitting down in the... And in, in, in the wine press, trying to hide some little stuff, he's threshing out to keep him from stealing it. Come on, come on, um, come on! I'm, just, I'm I'm trying to make a point so I can close this. You see, uh, they, they would take anything that that Israel could get. That's what God does. Whenever he you, you get to where you don't want to hear him, he'll let you hear them. I just said something again. Y'all missed it. You go ahead with your hard head, self. Yeah, you see? Uh, they, they, they they got to where they didn't want to hear God. God sent some folk in there that just would just give them a fit. Took everything they could ever raise and rake and scrape. And they come in there, and the, like I say they were just thick in the land. And so... Those poor people were in such trouble. But one day, while he was down there doing his little thing in, in, the, in, the, in the press back there, trying to hide so he could get him a little flower put together so, he'd have, so he could get those wrinkles out of his stomach. I'm, I'm going to say something as I pass through here. Something going to happen that God's going to help you to get. get, get he's going to get your attention. You see, some of the stuff you're going to let come your way. It ain't going to be nice. Amen. Amen. Some of the stuff... Y'all wake up. Just just a few more minutes. Just stay awake a little bit longer. Yeah. God is going to get your attention. If he can't get you to hear him, he'll get you to listen to them. And you'll hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they get through marauding and get through taking your stuff and and lambasting your family and killing your kids and 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 you hear? Them? Amen. 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 amen, amen. Whenever and when God begin to talk to you through your circumstances, don't get you some drugs and go hide your head under a pillow, trying to act like you don't you ain't I ain't here. <laughs> How y'all like my grandma? See, mm-hmm. see, God has given, given you a chance to be who He created you to be. He has never quit loving you. He's never stopped wanting to be your God. He has always said to you, if you'll come to me and call me, I'll answer you. Amen. But you didn't say, no, I'm going to do it my way. Go ahead, dummy. I mean, excuse me, y'all. I'm talking about not talking about you. Do your thing. Do your thing. The Ecclesiastes writer said something, and I heard it the other day when I read it. It says, oh, young man, do your stuff. You construct your thing. You just, uh, while you're young, do anything you want to do. He said, but know this, for all of this God is going to bring you to the judgment. Just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Amen. Amen. God has asked you, give me a chance to be your God. Give me a chance to be your God. But when Israel, in this situation here, and I'm, I'm just introducing it to you. When they, 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 they looked around and said, look, we're in a mess. But I do remember we have a God. And the Bible said, and they cried out to God. They cried out to God. Oh, God. Father. I'm sorry. I remember. You have been there all along. But I ignored it. We need some help. It's strange, but right in there, he sent a prophet. He sent a prophet. He sent a preacher. (laughs) He sent a preacher, and the preacher came down and told him, said, "Mm mm-hmm. Now, when God was trying to get your attention, you paid him no attention. He sent a preacher. He sent a prophet. He said, and then when I told you what to do, you paid me no attention. But here's Gideon. Here's Gideon. All this stuff in his head saying, where's the God who brought us out of Israel? Where's the God who helped us way back? And guess what? The scripture here tells you an angel appeared. Now, y'all have to just excuse me for my own belief. I think I have a right to believe this. I think that was God himself come down to say to Gideon, and guess what he said to Gideon? Poor Gideon is over there in the corner trying to hide behind him. And he looked at Gideon and said, Oh, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Who are you talking to? What? You a mighty man of valor. You are somebody. You are God's special chosen (laughs) instrument. Get it and say, "I'm the least thing in the family," and you telling me I'm. Say, "Yep," but you are. You it. That ought to make a donkey happy. I know some of us don't feel good about ourselves. We don't think we are worthy. Let somebody else do the preaching. Let somebody else be the one to do. Yeah, but God wants you. He wants you. He wants you. Stop telling God you ain't worthy. You are somebody in God's sight. Soon as you decide to let God be God, you can be somebody. Now, I'm just brushing. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it to a close here. Right here, right here, because... I don't have to. I, just, I know y'all going home in the eat chicken leg. I know I'm buddy. See, after a while, I put that arm way up there. now said, Angel, if you can say that I'm somebody, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to stay right there. Till I go fix up some stuff because I want to make an offering. Went running and got a calf. Poor man, he can't afford to be <laughs> can't hardly afford to eat. But he went and got an offering. Made a big offering. Made it for the Lord. Amen. He said, I wanna I want to own I wanna I, I, I want to worship. I want to offer something to this mighty God. You say I'm somebody. Hang out here till I come back. He said, "Go ahead, I'll wait for you. Take, take the time. Fix it up when we'll then fix that lamb. I don't know how he fixed it, but he brought the lamb and the lamb juice and some bread and Amen. Amen. I don't know what That wasn't Gumbo. <laughs> but it was an offering for God. It was an offering for God's service. And he come back, he said, put on the rock. And he put that meat on the rock. And then he said, pour pour out that stuff in the pot. Pour that out. And he touched it with his staff. Just consume that offering. Gideon said, whoops, I'm in. (laughs) And got to uh, next, y'all come back next time. I'm going to tell you the rest of it. Do you know who God, Gideon, is making appeal to the man in the mirror? Who did you see in the mirror this morning? That's whom God is after. The very person you saw in that mirror is the person God is calling for this hour. Hello. Do you remember that face you saw in the mirror? You remember what you were looking at in the mirror this morning? God wants that. For himself. So if you give me that that you presented in the mirror, I'll be God to you. It's amazing what God did for Israel by that one man, Gideon.